everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. Of backstory sessions. I'm joined today by my co host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? This is a very exciting episode that we are having today. Yes, for sure. So, you know, the movie The Hill is out, and we have the guest, Ricky Hill, who um, the movie is based on the life of. Yeah, that's true. We do. And so I guess in some ways, um, I think you could probably relate to this um, uh, one aspect, and then I would relate to it on the, like, the writing aspect of um, someone's life. So, you know, when we first met, I was writing a play about your life, and so that's not a lot different than a movie. Um, True. So, I guess you know how, like, how did you just, how did you feel about your life being played out on the stage? Um, I don't know. It's kind of strange, for sure. Um, you know, I hadn't thought about a lot of the things that were in the play in a long time, and um, you know, that was kind of weird for me like remembering all that stuff what's it like seeing you know whoever plays you um you know does like does that seem weird you know they're like saying you're they're living your life <laughs> no not, not really yeah it's just you know it was it was what it was i mean you know we had some pretty good actors who were playing me and other people um it's kind of interesting. I'd never really, like, been involved in plays and things like that. So, I mean, that aspect of it was interesting to me. Yeah. Well, um, I know in the writing process, so from the writing perspective, you know, I wanted to make everything um, as close to the way it really was as I could. I mean, obviously you didn't have a tape recorder, you know, of all the dialogue for me just to sit and listen to and, right. you know, write verbatim. Um, so I had to like try to take the story, you know, that you told me and make up the dialogue to be as authentic as I, you know, as, as the way I interpreted it. So, you know, did you find it to be uh, fairly accurate in that way? I mean, uh, you know, for the most part, yeah, it was pretty accurate. I, you had me, like, doing things <laughs> I might not do. But, uh, like cry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you like, know. Like, the big axe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, other than that, it was it was relatively close to the way things were. I mean, close enough that you get the point of what was happening. 
And, and so I guess the tendency is there or could be there. I don't think it was so much in my case because your story had, um, you know, a, quite a bit of um, dramatic moments and conflicts and all of that already built into it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you always hear like these movies perhaps are sensationalized a bit just to you know, like make things a bit more interesting or whatever. So right, we call that poetic license. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, other than the crying, <laughs> which you, you know, took out, right. um, you know, I, I don't think that I, um, was overly dramatic in the way that I told the story. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I think, um, you know, there were a couple things that were a little bit over-dramatized, but it generally, <clears throat> excuse me, generally it was uh, the way things were. And do you find, like, reflecting on it, um, you know, that it was a positive experience to have that much of your life um, exposed, I guess? Um, uh, positive in what way? Um, is it cathartic, I guess, to, like, get that off your chest in a way, you know, like, all the things that, as you look back on them, like, I, I would think it, you know, it would have to impact you in some way to um, relive them. I mean, yeah, I guess in some ways it was, but, I mean, in other ways it was just, like, things that had happened and, you know, I, like, put them behind me a long time ago, so... I mean, just to take those things out and look at them again and, you know, have other people look at them was, um, it was a little bit difficult because, you know, I, I've said this before, you just struggle with, like, how much to tell, you know, where where's the line that you want to stop at and, uh, you know, not go any further because, I mean, they're all personal things and, like, you know, some things you just don't want out there, I guess. And, and we, you know, we talked a little bit about this in our episode last season of, you know, the things involve other people uh, and, you know, in portraying the truth of, you know, the way that you experience it. Um, it, it could, you know, it could be hurtful to the other person that is, um, you know, in the scene with you or that went through this time with you. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's always three sides to every story, right? Yours, mine, and the truth. So um, the way I remember things might not be the way that somebody else in the same, you know, the same scene, the other person or the other people involved, they may not remember it the same way. So, um you know, it's all from my perspective, so uh, um, it may have been hurtful to me, but to them it might have been something entirely different. And so I guess this would be a question I don't think I've ever asked you, but, you know, if, if the situation were reversed as far as, you know, if one of the other characters was the one telling the story and they had told it in a way you know, that portrayed you in a negative light. Um, how would you have felt about your life being exposed in that way? Um, I, 
you know, nobody's perfect and everybody makes mistakes and, uh, you know, you're, you are the way you are at different times in your life and if it was, you know, that's the way it came out at that time, then I guess, you know, I have to own that. Um, a lot of people don't want to, you know, they don't want to be portrayed that way because they just don't want to be embarrassed or whatever, but I mean, it is what it is to me. It's like, well, you know, maybe I was a drunken asshole at some point, but I'm not now. So, you know, I just, right. look, I just look at it that way. Well, I am very curious to see, you know, how Ricky Hill feels about the Hill um, and how close to the truth of the events and, you know, um, like the conflicts that inevitably are going to be in it, um, you know, how he felt about those and, and those uh, and exposing those or, you know, being vulnerable to tell those. Yeah, it'll be it'll certainly be interesting for sure. Well, it's really exciting that we, you know, we have a guest and we have like already a, a way to that we relate um, either in my perspective from writing the story uh, and your perspective from it being your story. Um, so it'll be fascinating to get to talk to someone else that's been through that same type of experience. Yep, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to get his take on. Um, yeah, I mean, all of that, like, the things that we just talked about, and, uh, um, it's, everybody's got a story, and, you know, some are great, some are not so great, I mean, so it'll be interesting to, to see how you, you know, how he feels about all of it. Yeah, because really, if you think about it, like, um, you know, that's how we met, and, um, had I not told your story, you know, we, we would definitely probably not be doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, all the listeners out there can be thankful that, uh, you know, your story was told. And um, now we're telling other people's stories through a yeah. podcast. Yeah. And I swear that book is coming out soon. So. Uh, you know, we, we do have that on audio, like, uh, several times, of <laughs> that being promised that yeah. is coming out, but, um, yeah, it will. Yeah. And we have the, you know, hotel sessions and some others that, um. Yes, my latest, uh, creation. Right. So, you know, here we go. I mean, it's going to be a good episode. I, I'm excited to have Ricky Hill with us and, um. This is a fascinating movie. I, um, I, you know, I really enjoyed it, and I'm very curious to ask the questions that I have in my mind about it. All right. Well, let's talk to Ricky and see what he has to say. Ricky Hill, I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions today. It is such an honor to have you as our guest. So welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, I have so many questions, but I guess, first of all, um, were you a fan of like motivational movies before um, The Hill was made? 
you know, actually, uh, I was a fan of Rudy, and I was a fan of Hughesers, and uh, I was a fan of the rookie in baseball. And it was all interesting because all three of those came together and kind of tied into my film because the writer of Rudy and Hoosiers wrote my script. And then also, he also, uh, he, he not only did he write the script, but then all of a sudden we go over to, we look at the rookie of the movie, the rookie in baseball, Dennis Quaid played the pitcher in the movie. Right. And, and so, it's interesting to me that those three, those uh, two or three that you're talking about there, it really, um, how in the world did, did it come to the, to be casted and drawn into to my film that some two that I really loved and here they are and doing, doing, my, doing my film. Yes. Yeah, and then here you are. I mean, did you ever imagine that your life story was going to be, you know, right up there with those movies that you have loved? You know, I I I would have never ever pictured this in a lifetime. I never I would never would have. Um, especially, uh, I didn't. Uh, it's so weird. There's people that don't know this. I have to bring this to your attention first. I was offered this story in 1977. Wow. Uh, the year Elvis passed away and Elvis died, that's the year I was offered to, for the Hollywood to do this film. Uh, later on, about a, two years later, somewhere in that area, I was thinking about going ahead and letting them have it, have the story that my brother wrote my brother had written this story and he gave it to me for our family for all of us to keep the story about what happened and how I signed a major league contract which is he thought was pretty invincible and it really is it's it's something no one's ever done but saying that um I wound up uh saying no to Hollywood and turn it down because my parents both became ill at the same time. I did lose my, lose my father. He just turned 50 years old, lost him. My mother had a brain tumor at 47 years old. We, we knew we were going to lose her and we did not. We made that through that. And, uh, I never did expect the movie to go really any further and because that immediately shut it down for me losing both my mother and my father at the same time and then trying to finish it and try to make it in, into the big leagues with the diseases that I've had. It was a, a, a pure battle. So I better, I better stop there and let you ask the question. So go ahead. Um. Well, I mean, I did not know that part of the, of the story, but um, I guess in a way that makes it all the more incredible um, that we find out what happened now. Like, how does it go from 1977 to what changed to make it, again, a viable option for a movie? How did that happen? Well, I'll tell you this. In, in 2005, 
in 2004 and five, Hollywood came calling again, wanting the film. And I kept saying, no, and no, I don't want it. I don't want to do it. And uh, finally, I had a, the, this man at my church tell me that, Rick, we got to set it free. I talked to my brother about it. And I talked to my mom about it because she was alive. And we decided then to set it free and let this let this story go because um, we didn't know what, what was going to happen with it. You know, we had no idea. And little did I know it was going to land all the people that it did. So how did your brother, um, was he a writer? Does he write other things? Or um, what about your story? You said it was he was writing it so your family would, would have um, kind of, I guess, uh, you know, something to share uh, through generations of, of what happened. Um, but does he also write other things or? No, he didn't. Uh, he just wrote this, this one story uh, is 56 pages about what I did. And it was the story he named it was how to become a professional baseball player. And, uh-huh. and he wrote what happened on the big night that I had. And he wrote all about that and before and he wrote a little bit about the stuff that I, we went through as a, as a kid growing up very poor and and I I remember eating Alpo out of a can and um, days where things were really tough um, things that that's not even in the film but yet he wrote all this and he gave it just for our family only and uh, a man at our church got it took it to Hollywood next thing you know Hollywood's wanting it and uh, they didn't leave us alone until finally they they got it. So what was the hesitation this time um, that uh, you just didn't want to let it go at first? Well, the hesitation this time is, you know, I didn't, I didn't want anybody to think that I was just a washed-up ball player because little did they know that I collapsed at second base and I was going into the major leagues with the Padres probably the very next year with my manager that I had the year before and uh, his name was Bill Brick and uh, I just left over in the Mexican League and had a big big huge year I say there three years only three months winter, winter ball but yet I had a big three months there and then Right before those those three months, I had another big three months, and I won't even say what I did, but it's really, really large in the home run area, and uh, and uh, I just knew it was going to happen. And then, and then we had um, we had uh, people didn't know people did didn't know at the time, but my brother just wrote when he wrote all this story about everything and we decided to let it go. We decided to let it go together, which was about um, 2000, I I think it was 2005. I had had my last spine surgery in 2000, and in 2005, we decided to let it go then. And And that was five years after my last spine surgery. Wow. 
And so how much of the script ended up being changed for the movie? Is it um, to the original or? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, what, what you see really is what you get. Uh, now, of course, I, I did not say all the, all those words exactly. Uh, right. But what, what you see is really what you get. I mean, I don't, uh, really, we needed about five hours to um, to do this movie, and we could go on and on and on with this film, probably a hundred hours. Uh, we could make it, they could make a series out of this if they wanted to, if, if we let them. But I don't know if we even want to do that or not. But saying that, um, it's pretty much all all there. Um, Hollywood always puts puts their nice little glitter on it. It seems like, but they got the message across, and the message was what they got across was exactly what happened. Was there anything in there that you um, were kind of on the fence about including, or? Did you want to be transparent with everything? Because there's some really, really tough situations in the movie that you went through in your well, family. Yeah, yes, there is. There is one, and I'll tell you. And uh, I fought them on this, but they, the way that I went to Red Murph and told Red Murph about what y'all, what y'all saw in the scene. Uh, Colin Ford walks up and says, Red, I'm one of the best hitters here. Well, that's not what happened. I had, in order to even be on that ball field, you had to have a number and a color coded on your jersey. And I didn't have either. So I climbed the wall, went out to the pitcher's mound where he was, and he's standing there talking to the scouts. And I tapped him on the shoulder. And he looked at me right in the eye, kind of meanish looking, and he said, do you know where you're standing? Well, I'm scared to death of this guy. <laughs> I mean, this guy's six foot six, and he's standing on top of an 18-inch mound. And I'm scared to death now. I'm, I'm a young kid. I'm 18 years old. And I said, no, sir, I don't. He said, you're standing on the hill. <laughs> now, how interesting is that? Wow. The hill is a pitcher's mound. If people don't know that. It's a pitcher's mound. So anytime you ask a ball player, hey, who's on the hill tonight? That means who's, you know, who's pitching tonight? Mm-hmm. And so uh, he said, you're standing on the hill. That means basically get off my hill. That's what he said. <laughs> get off my hill. So I got off. He said, what, are you, what can I do for you? And I said, I'm, I read... I just wanted to let you know this. And this is what I was the only change in the movie that w- I would have changed. So I'm glad you guys did not put a time clock on this interview. <laughs> but he did say he did say this. He said, uh, what can I do for you? And I said, I just wanted to let you know before I leave here tonight, I said the best hitter in this camp is going home. And I said, it's a shame you're never going to get to see it. And so his his comment made Sports Illustrated as well. He came back and he said, well, I'll tell you what, 
if your bat is in tune with your tongue, you're a hell of a hitter. Wow. I'd never heard words like that before, of course, in the 70s. I never heard that. He said, so you honestly think you're the best hitter in this camp? I said, no, sir, I don't think so. I know so. Hmm. That's how the truth is of that. That's how I got my chance to get up to go 11 for 11. So where did that come from, from you? Like, that took a lot of guts to take that approach. But you were it, so determined. Exactly. It's amazing to me. I always say, I always said this all along. Uh, and I always tell those people, don't, you know, I, I understand not everybody's spiritual, but I am. Um, I was told in my mind, turn around and go back to the camp. I mean, I'm going, why? Go back to the camp. Why? Go back to the camp. I turned around the car, went back to camp, climbed the wall, went out, told him what I told him. And he gave me the chance of a lifetime, which he didn't have to give. And he did. He gave me that chance, and that night I got to prove it. All you have to do is go on YouTube with Red Murph. A lot of people don't know this. YouTube Red Murph, M-U-R-F-F, and you can watch on Fox Sports. Him in the in his nursing home telling the story. Hmm. Wow. Cool. So yep. when you so when you guys get off, I want you to go to, to YouTube, <laughs> Red Murph, and you will see me and him speaking. I'm holding his hand. We're on Fox Sports, and the interview, and him telling the story. Well, I'm definitely going to do that, and I'll post that link for our listeners too, so that after they hear this interview, they'll be able to go and watch that. Yes, please. Thank you. So what if, you know, what if he still would have said no? Did you have another plan? Or would yeah, you... if, he, if he would have said no, I probably would have told him, well, I'm not leaving. <laughs> so it sounds like it was going to happen, like it was destiny. You went there uh, and you were going to get your chance no matter. You know, it was amazing because that wasn't me. Um, I wouldn't go get mouthy with anybody at all. That's not me. I was more of a quiet type of guy because, but did I know I could hit? Oh, yeah. Yeah, today I still feel like I can at my age. I still feel like I can go out there right now and knock it out of the park. It's just crazy. Hmm. And I've got rod spine in my spine, a rod, cages, screws all in my spine them together and going up all the way through from this disease I had mm -hmm. and that started to deal with my legs as a child but I wasn't taking no and uh, I probably would have not left the field period I would have said well I'm not leaving and the amazing part was I didn't have to because Red said you know there's something about this guy there's nine scouts standing behind him wanting to throw me off the field and the nine scouts behind it was complaining that I did not earn my spot to be in the big finale game. 
the big tryout game that only holds 16 ball players and they have 20 pitchers. They mainly look at pitchers. They don't look at hitters. But they only have 16 spots for each, each team. And you're going to play for one of them in a real game to see how you do. And then he made the challenge to me. I understand you. your leg is bad. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to let you DH for both teams, designate hit. And I like to swallow my tongue when he said that. <laughs> because I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get up 12 times. Yeah. You know, that's at least 12 times probably. I, I don't know because I've heard that he won't even stop a game at nine innings. He'll, he'll keep going because he's wanting to see, look at everybody's talent. And, uh, and sure enough, I'm here I am playing for both teams. That's really incredible. Um, you know, we've asked this kind of question before. Uh, so I'm curious, um, do you think having a plan B uh, is a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's a good thing, yes. If you, if you get turned down, I think, and if you feel the motivation and you feel like you, you know what you know, I think it's a good thing. I think if you have any weakness at all and you're scared, I think it's a it's a good thing for you just to go on down the road. But I had the I was positive that I was the best hitter in that camp. And when you watch that video of Red Murph, watch what they see in the very end of the video. Okay. Yep. You will you'll be your mind will be blown. It's gonna change this whole interview, I promise you. And by the way, you will be the first ones, period that has ever heard what I just told you. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, now I'm like, okay, let's end the interview and go watch that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're the very first ones that I have told this to, period. And uh, I don't know why God has told me to tell you this, but here, there it is. You can go watch it yourself live right there on YouTube with Red Murph. And this man signed Nolan Ryan, mm. okay? I mean, to sign Nolan Ryan, the ultimate, yeah. best pitcher ever in baseball. Nobody will ever catch his strikeouts. And as a matter of fact, I'm talking to his family tonight because they're thrilled about this movie. Cool. And they're thrilled about what it says. They're thrilled about the, the faith that's in it, you know, because I never gave up. Well, let's talk about how you began. Like, so what made you just start hitting rocks? Um, we were so poor that um, when I say poor, I'm talking about, I don't mean, should I say this or not, but Ethiopian poor. We were poor. We had, we, we had a salary of $28 a month and our house payment or excuse me, house rental, where my dad was preaching it, was around $35 a month. Mm. So that doesn't equate it just in itself. And even that whole year, I went to school and didn't get to eat in the school lines at all. But I did get their chocolate milk. 
I still remember that. <laughs> um, but at the end of the year, we owed for all the chocolate milk I had drank. And I did, didn't even, I didn't know that and told them we didn't have the money. Sorry. But anyway, I know that's, and this is another first story I've told you about. Um, but saying that, um, I had learned then, I went out that we had railroad tracks behind the backyard where I lived. And I mean, when I say backyard, I'm talking about it's probably 30 feet from our wall of our back back mm -hmm. of my bedroom and that's how close it was in Bowie, Texas. And so what I did was I wound up um, going out there with leg braces on and all I did was hit rocks all day long. I hit rock after rock after rock with a stick that I'd made and uh, that uh, from, you know, just from my wood off a tree. And I hit these rocks all day long. My brother and I, he, he'd throw them to me, and I would just be tagging them, even wearing braces, a different type of braces at that time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I just started hitting them, and I was just nailing them. I had this born ability to hit a rock, and it was all free. So, yes, that's why I started off. And, and, and could you, I, like, you exceptional at rock hitting yes absolutely i was hitting him my brother was five years older than me and i was hitting him way past him yeah yeah i mean that's so incredible do you feel like that you know had you not grown up um in poverty or with this spinal issue um you know would you have still pursued a career in baseball do you think or did those adversities like help you to go down this path well no uh, had I not had them I would I felt and I still feel it today that I would have been in the top 10 in home runs um, in history I still feel that today because I hit the ball so far. Yeah. And pe people didn't realize I weighed 239 pounds and I was six foot two when I signed at 18 years old. I wasn't a small boy. Wow. And my, I had the biggest shoulders on the Expos team. So I wore the largest jersey because uh, I was like just a bulldog. And I don't know why, but my mom was too. <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I would have. I I, I would have continued the game on had I not had this. But I believe that this. I also believe that it was predestined for this to happen. I believe God had a message, and this message was this movie, and uh, I this movie it needs to be taught out to all the kids in the world today that you know what you. Every, everybody struggles one way or the other. They do. Mm -hmm. And we all have heartaches and, and, and times that we go 0 for 4, even at the plate. But guess what? There's, an, there's another day. When you wake up that next day, guess what? It's time to shine. You got a new day. So I, I appreciated every day I got up because... I might have went 0 for 4 that night at the plate, 
and the next thing you know, I might go five for five and five for five. I did that one time, other time playing professional baseball. I went five for five in a doubleheader and five for five in the next, both of them, 10 for 10. Hmm. Well, and if you quit, of course, then you're quitting, you know, with a losing record, right? So, right. And nobody wants that. So uh, it, it's really... I hope that people take that away from this interview is, you know, that if you quit, then that's it. Um, I, I found two characters really interesting, um, you know, maybe that were not meant to be necessarily, but your grandmother was one of them. Um, what was she like? Well, my grandmother's Pretty much what you saw in the movie, she was a hoot. Yeah. Uh, I always gave my dad a hard time, of course. Uh, my dad just couldn't believe some of the things that she'd fire back at him because my dad was a, just a brand new preacher. He he just got on the road preaching, mm. and uh, she, she didn't like that idea, and because uh, we didn't have no money, and. We went from having money to not having money. And she didn't like that idea. And she lived with us. And uh, uh, so she didn't like that idea, but she would pick on my dad, you know, as much as she could, as, as, as jokingly as she could. So Bonnie Badilla that played it in the, uh, in the movie, she, she, she hit it to the T. She really did. I mean, she was just brilliant. Bonnie Bedelia, it's amazing that lady played in uh, both of those movies uh, with, um, uh, what's that movie's called? Heart, Die Hard. Both of Die Hards. Oh, she yeah. was the wife. She was the wife in Die Hard. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's her. I didn't realize that part, but she, you know, she was a very interesting character to me. And the other one... Uh, was your girlfriend, or as she called you, her boyfriend. Uh, mm -hmm. That was the cutest line ever. Um, so, you know, what happened with her? Well, of course, we, we left. We left, and then we, um, we, left, we left town for a good while, didn't hear from a long time from her, basically, and all of a sudden appears in my life one day and next thing you know we're a unit and uh, uh that's what happened that story was did you stay a unit like did you end up married or yeah yeah we married on home plate right there uh, oh. I, I got married on home plate it's you know it shows it at the end of the film right just getting married on home plate and yeah it was a. Uh, it was a. It was a. It was a really a not a, really a smart thing to get married so young in professional baseball. It really isn't because in baseball there's too many. Um, there's too many <laughs> females in the crowd that are trying to track you down. Yeah. They're trying to chase you down. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I don't how, know how to put that or say that, but. You know, me, me being a Christian man, it's very, it, was, it made it the hardest thing in my life. <laughs> well, I thought, um, 
you know, I thought in some ways, like, it seemed like that story was meant to be that storyline, um, that she was so supportive of you, even as a young age, um, and you kept all the letters. So is that true? Is that a true part of it? You did keep the letters she wrote to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this interesting. I was going over that with her just a couple days ago. Um, it's very easily for, because I don't even know how they even really wrote, wrote it right, because I just had to tell them what happened, things that happened, what happened, how this happened. How that happened because not all that my brother wrote because my brother just wrote about me and baseball not me and my girlfriend my marriage or right all he did was write about how i pulled this story off and that's what they mainly wanted they weren't really mainly they really wasn't wanting anything other than how in the world did you pull that off well you know what that was a real good question for me too how in the world can you pull that off? Because, and, if, and it's really, it's amazing. I, I get to talk to you guys today, so I'm, I'm very thrilled to talk to y'all because a reason is the man that ballot can validate anything was my best friend all the way from the fifth grade on, and he got to see everything. Yeah, everything. For me, he went to every one of my games. He went to everything. He went to the tryout. He went to everything. And he was with me today. And it's amazing. Uh, I told him, I said, you know, Steve, they're going to want to interview you here pretty soon. I can promise <laughs> you. I said, you can get ready for it because you're the only guy that can validate everything. Well, Red, so did Red Murph. Wait till you guys watch the video. Yeah. See Red, like I said. What do you see it? See, they don't put that out there enough and by the way if y'all are y'all are the first one like i said i just told this to and um i'm really glad to tell you because i i liked your voice to begin with and the way you you guys handle yourself and so i i'm really um i'm always nice anyway but i some people that i'm talking to you i just it's a bore mm. well we try and make things interesting so you I'm, do, you do. You I'm, make it very interesting. Well, thank you. I'm curious, um, what does your brother think of all this? Well, it's interesting. My brother just passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he just passed away um, seven or eight months ago. And he just missed getting to see the film. Mm. And when I tell you off the air why... I have to talk to you off the air. I can't talk on the air. That, with that's fine. And, uh, but saying that, um, it's broken my heart some. Yeah. Even, even to today, as we speak, today was his birthday. Oh, geez. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Yeah. Now, he's in heaven. Mm. He got to see the, he got to see the movie before I did. <laughs> so, um, the way I look at it is that, um, he he started all out. It's just like I said for our for our family. Yeah. And he and he was just thrilled for our family to hand it all out to our family. I, my uncle and aunts got it. All of them got it. And I had no idea that we were take it to a buddy at church. A buddy at church takes it to Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Had no idea. So um, what 
so the movie is out now, correct? Yeah. Okay. So, um, did you do the whole red carpet thing where you went to see the movie uh, with people? Yes, yes, we did in Augusta, Georgia, where we shot the film. Mm-hmm. We went, we went back to Augusta, and it was absolutely a beautiful red carpet. But the sad part is the strike is going on. Yeah. And we have no act, no actors can even show up. Oh. And, mm. and that is so sad because um, we filmed it a year and a half ago. Right. So therefore, Hollywood to me is really, it's, it's kind of, it's sad that yeah. they couldn't get, let him, let Dennis have a waiver where he could be there yeah. to help, to help um, put this movie out, you know, and like you do in all of them. Right. And going on, you know, Fox, Fox Sports, Fox News, going, uh, you know, ESPN. Yes, we got a lot of things running on there, but we don't have Dennis. Right. Dennis Quay, the the main actor, and um, we need we need him. Well, yeah, he did an exceptional job um, as the dad. I thought it's been incredible, incredible job as my father. Incredible. Yes. Wow. Well, um, let's hope this. In our writer's strike and all of this gets resolved, but um, that is very sad that you know he couldn't be there to to attend that. No, he couldn't be there to support it, or have we even uh, got a or can we even talk to him? So it's 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 very sad. Yeah. So therefore, therefore, I'm they're calling on me to come out and do interviews. Yeah. Uh, well. I don't mind. I'm used to interviews because when I used to play professional baseball, I had one nearly every night, and uh, I got used to it. Um, interviews on from sportscasters yeah. you know, about that that night. You know about how many times I struck out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just a joke. <laughs> Um, so what, what, uh, so you're getting, you're doing promotion for the movie now and, um, what's next for you? I mean, what do you, what well, else you got going on? Well, in my life right now, um, I have, uh, had a couple small things that, uh, that I'm doing. I still, I am, since I've had all these surgery, I don't even want to announce to you guys my surgeries cause I can't really tell you mm-hmm. the exact amount. But I can tell you this much, it's a lot. Uh, even before I was four years old, I don't know how many I had, but it was in the 20s, I know that. Mm. But um, I am, I am a, I'm a financial planner. Okay. Uh, I am that. And uh, I try to, uh, I try to, but I'm also, you know, doing, in, doing some investing myself. Mm-hmm. Other pro- other projects. So that's basically all. Okay. I was just just curious. I wondered wondered what you were up to these days. That, I mean, aside from the movie. Um. So, what was it like working with? Uh, well, um, meeting Dennis Quaid and some of the others that are in the film. I mean, were you a little bit starstruck, or how did that? Nah. Go? No. Nah. Not not at all. I used to live with Bill Murray. 
Oh, really? So, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you think I'm you think I'm starstruck? <laughs> Probably not. Oh my gosh, I bet that was really a funny. Um... Yeah, yeah. See, and the and the thing is, you got to remember this: when when it's a baseball game, now you're in my world. Mm-hmm. See, you're an actor, but you're out there on the ball field. So you're in my world. Right. Okay, I'm not in yours. You're in mine. Yeah. So you, you can't hit a baseball and you can't throw a baseball and you can't even think about it. Or I can and you can't. Right. So so that's how I led Bill Murray back during the days, of Bill Murray days when he'd come and stay with us for a long period of time. In fact, I was... I'm, t- I'm telling you again now for the first time. You ready for this? Here we go. <laughs> I was a, I was on Saturday Night Live in 1978. Wow. October 20, October October 28th. Wow. It's called What We Did Last Summer with Bill Murray. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. And so I won't tell you how I did it, but I pulled it off and made him basically do it. But he was when he come and stayed with us. And we're playing, we're playing ball, and I'm playing in the minor leagues, working our way up. And I'm getting, I was leading the league in home runs, mm-hmm. and they even made it. They make so many mistakes on Baseball Reference, it's a joke. But I actually led the league in home runs. Mm. Uh, I had 18, and they, they only gave me 15. I don't know why, but that was only in 200 at bats. Mm-hmm. That's not many at bats to have. Yeah, 18, 18 home runs. But saying that, uh, Bill used to come out and uh, always, you know, work out with us all the time. So I couldn't be starstruck because he's in my world. Yeah. He's he's in my career. So he loved to work out with us and wished that he could be as good as us. And so... I don't even really want to tell you what I told him because I don't want to, I don't want to say it, but I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I said some funny things to him. I'll put it that way. Okay. Don't quit your day job. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right, Kat, one more question. Okay. So I've been thinking of my last one and I, and I, I guess I want to know, like, what did you learn about yourself throughout this whole process of making the movie? Because I know you've had to look back at, at a lot of your life to, you know, uh, recall it for giving the writers information and that kind of thing. So uh, was there anything that you learned um, that maybe you've forgotten or just give more thought to? Well, you know, there's so many things that's in this movie that could be in this movie that's not. So many things that are so uh, just amazing. My, my, I'll be upfront with you. My life, I think, has been the most amazing life. Nearly, I, I guarantee you, I can probably fit in the top twenty in this world. <laughs> but um, you know, I did not go over and save all these guys and uh and child trafficking i didn't do that no i didn't do that that's a that's a rough road uh but would i have been afraid to do that no i would not have been afraid at all i I would have loved it but 
what I learned, and this is a tip top thing. I want to throw this out to each and every person that hears this. I learned this, that, you know, my faith in God was very tremendous and that I didn't understand how in the world I never could get the answer why God took and gave me this disease, took my parents, they're, my mother did live, but my father died, took them at the same time, gave me this disease from all I'd thought through and gotten through, and even with the pain, I slept on the bus and traveled, and I always slept in the floor with my feet up on the chair just to play another day, another day because my spine was so bad. Mm. And so I did that. I never slept in a bed all the years of baseball. I slept on the floor, the legs on top of the bed. I always wondered why he would take this away from me. And, you know, I got my answer. And the answer was the smoothie. It was, the, it was predestined. It was ordained. And it was supposed to happen. And that's what I would like to say to the public and each and every one. I might have taken... I might have taken the hits for it, the spine, the spine injury. Yes, I did collapse at second base and didn't walk for nearly a year. But I would like for them to take it out, the fact that, you know what, this was really predestined. And God let me know, hey, I'm in control here. And this makes a beautiful story. And that's what I believe in my heart. Well, that's a very uh, beautiful message and lesson and legacy that uh, movie will uh, be able to reach so many people. So it has been such a pleasure to have you as a guest today. I know we've only like just barely touched the surface of all the things of your life, but we do appreciate you sharing those with us so openly. Well, I appreciate it. This has been one of my finest ones. I think, in fact, I think this is the top I've been on, and I just want to say I appreciate it because I uh, I do get interviewed, you know, six and eight, ten, ten times a day, and uh, mm. I'm right now. I'm have to I'm have to say you guys are uh, right at the top. It's it's been the easiest one for me. The questions are right, and I know you're walking away with things that. I haven't told other people. They don't even don't even know, and you guys do. So, <laughs> so yes, use them. Use that to an advantage, and and um, I, you know, I hope I can help y'all show as much as as that you guys help us. Well, we we really appreciate your time, and we hope that you'll come back and talk to us again. <clears throat> I want to. You can call me anytime. Anytime. Awesome. All right, Cat. You heard that. Love to. <laughs> love to talk to you guys anytime i really mean this if you don't if you feel like calling me and you don't call me it will hurt me it really will fair enough <laughs> the pressure is on now Matt. <laughs> there we, you go it will really hurt me i really I really do well it's I, open for me i can guarantee you that maybe next season we will give you a call and see what you're up to and uh you know get an update from you 
Well, you know, this movie's good. We're hoping this thing lasts in theaters for at least at least six or eight weeks, and uh, uh, we got just we just need to get it out. Um, well, I know a lot of people in Corbin, Kentucky. So a shout out to the Tri County Cineplex. There <laughs> you go. See it this weekend. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely a lot of people are very excited about it, and faith based. Um, you know, that aspect of it is very appealing to many people too. So uh, I really appreciate that you've told some of the backstories and just the story of you. Uh, I feel like we've gotten to know the person that I saw in the movie just a little bit better. Well, I, you know what? I appreciate you saying that because I, I have a, um, my character means a lot to me. You know, people can talk about you and make things up and say things uh, anytime they want to. It seems like these days they just make something, a story up. Mm. So I'm sure I'll get bombarded somewhere. I don't know where, but I just know how I know that I still have faith that uh, God will take care of me no matter what. And I am hoping that every church in Kentucky Everywhere around your area, I hope every church tells every one of their people, the parishioners and the preachers, and all of them tell them to go see it. It would be great for them, the churches all together, up, and they even go see it. I've, I've had, in the last two days, I have had more people from telling me that their preacher are telling them all to go see it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, it's blowing me away. I'm not. I haven't even talked to a preacher. And uh, amazing, the preachers are all telling them to go see it. You'll learn. You'll learn from it. All right. Well, there you go. All right. Again, we appreciate we appreciate your time, and uh, we will definitely have you back, and we'll talk again soon. Okay, brother. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your thank you so thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or Matt at level eleven ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.